You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. I don't swear as a rule, so it's not hard for me to keep it clean. Uh, I use words like numbnuts. I mean, come on, you know, uh, that's not really swearing. That's creative dialogue. Actor and ex-Marine R. Lee Ermey. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. It takes a certain kind of guy to be a successful U.S. Marine drill instructor. Some guys seem to be born with it. And one guy who turned his career in the Marines into a successful acting career was R. Lee Ermey. You may remember him best for his Golden Globe-nominated role in the 1987 movie Full Metal Jacket. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, sir yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Ermy went on to roles in many other movies, usually playing some sort of authority figure, somebody tough and rough and gruff. He was even in Toy Story. Then in 2002, the History Channel came calling. Hello, I'm Gunnery Sergeant R. Lee Ermey, host of the very popular award-winning outstanding History Channel series called Mail Call. And almost overnight, that show became one of the channel's most popular programs. And right in the middle of the show's successful seven-year run is when I met R. Lee Ermey when he wrote a book based on the show called Mail Call. And don't worry, no need to cover your ears. This interview is G-rated. So here now from 2005, R. Lee Ermey. Did you ever think four or five years ago that you would be not only the star of a hit TV show or a hugely popular TV show, but now the author of a best-selling book to go with it? Um, <laughs> no. I, uh... Uh, you know, I, I've set goals. I've, uh, I'm one of those guys that I've been setting goals all my life. And it seems like I set a goal that's, uh, that seems like it's totally and absolutely unattainable in life. And, uh, a year and a half later, the goal's achieved and I'm sitting there scratching my head saying, damn, what am I going to go for now? You know, uh, but, uh, life has been good to me and I've certainly been blessed. There is no question about it. Uh, mail call the show is, is not just a job to me. I haven't worked. I've, the mail call the show has been on for, for three years now. It, uh, after it aired seven episodes, went to the highest rated show on the history channel, uh, a God sent. And, uh, not only it's, it's not only a job. It just so happens that I love every episode that we do. And I, I can't wait to get out of the rack in the morning to do the next one because every show is another damn adventure for me. <laughs> I'm guessing just the way the show is is laid out, you know, with questions from real people and just asking real questions they want to know, this lends itself perfectly to a book. I mean, probably a lot of people saying, what took you so long? Well, I've got another idea, so there's going to be another one by the end of the year. <laughs> but but, but uh, I, I spend – you know, I travel constantly. I work seven days a week, and, and I stay busy, and, and I spend a lot of time with the Marine Corps. Now, the Marine Corps is my extended family, and – uh, my family, I've spent 44 years with the Marine Corps and, and my, uh, my wife and my children understand, uh, how important it is to me to, uh, be there to, to help out and motivate the troops. And, and, uh, so my, my support system has been second to none. But, you know, I travel constantly. I'm on the airplane all the time. And so I find myself getting on the airplane 
at Los Angeles LAX, and uh, I'm flying to New York or D.C. I was, by the way, here in D.C. seven times last year. <laughs> I went to Bethesda. I went to Walter Reed every time I come in. I uh, go to the Pentagon and, and see my friends over there. But I'm sitting there five hours uh, on this airplane, and I'm sitting there twiddling my thumb, scratching my butt, picking my nose, trying to figure out what in the, how can I turn this around and make it, turn it into constructive time? Because I hate to waste my time mm -hmm. and I'm a, a nervous, kind of a twitchy individual anyway. <laughs> I'm grouchy. And, uh, and so I figured, you know, if, uh, if, why don't we, you know, uh, it was proposed earlier to me that mail call the book would be cool, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? And, uh, so after I'd heard that about three times, I said, why don't we go for that? You know, it'll give me something to do on the airplane. And, uh, I had a lot of help on this book. Now, don't trust me. It's, it's not just my creation. It's a lot of help, uh, consorted effort. Uh, so trust me, but, but it's the gunny talking and, uh, we turned our, our time around and I've had a, I've had a red record on the top 10 and, and, and hit parade <laughs> in Great Britain. Now I've got a, a book that seems to be, uh, really jumping out mm -hmm. of the chute real quick and it could possibly be a hit, uh, mm -hmm. hit book. I'm not counting on making much money on a book. I mean, that's not my forte and, and I don't rely on that kind of an income, <laughs> but, but the, I, my objective is, is I've never, ever been associated with a, with a failure. And so that would bother me really bad if the book wasn't <laughs> successful. So I, 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 I will drive this book uh, to success one way or the other, even if I have to buy all the copies <laughs> myself. Uh, but, but the book of reviews have been second to none. I've, I've, uh, the only problem with the, with the book of reviews is I know now that Hyperion is going to have, going to have to step up to the plate and give me a day with each one of these book signings because I end up staying two, three, and four hours over <laughs> to make sure that I sign all the books because we, we've sold books. When I went to Kansas City the other day, we sold out in the first hour. Our books were gone, 800 and some books, something like that. Uh, so, uh, then, then the other, yesterday when I got off the airplane, I went straight down to, uh, uh, Quantico, because I, after the experience I had in Kansas City, I said, I better get a jump on this, you know? <laughs> and so I, I had to, I had, uh, Craig take me straight down to Quantico. I went down, we, we called him and I stopped by and had, we had a gourmet breakfast at, uh, McDonald's and right on down to Quantico. And I was there about three hours early. And so I, I signed all the books for the PX personnel. You know, they have to have their books, mm -hmm. you know. I signed all their books and got that out of the way. And I sat down at the, uh, the desk, uh, about an hour early and I signed books and I was supposed to leave at seven o'clock last night so I could go to the inaugural. But no, there was still a huge line at seven o'clock at night. So I, uh, I didn't get out of there until the PX said, look, uh, uh, Mr. Ermey, I'm, I'm sorry, but you were closing and you're going to have to leave. <laughs> and so, and so that was the only, only reason I left last night was because I had to, had to leave because they were kicking us out in the cold. What was I going to do? Take it outside, you know? Uh, but we sold, uh, we must have sold six or seven hundred books yesterday at the at the signing, and and you know what's beautiful about it is these are my people that watch mail call and they admire what I do and they like me and and I've been with the Marine Corps for forty four years, so I'm looking down the line and heck, every other person in the line is an old buddy of mine, you know, <laughs> an old friend of mine. I've known him for years, so but it's fantastic. But now, are you surprised that so many women watch the show? 
No, no, I'm not because I do personal appearances. I last uh, two years ago, I started doing personal appearances because I'm the guy that goes the extra mile. Everything I do, I I I, I analyze, I criticize, I I tear it apart limb by limb, piece by piece, and I want to know what makes it work and why doesn't it work and. And and so I, I started taking doing personal appearances simply so I could find out who is watching mail call. Well, I found out that I would do a personal appearance in Bangor, Maine. Uh, I had young people uh, talking their parents into driving them three and four hours in the <laughs> snow to come see me at uh, at custom car shows or at. Uh, uh, Motor Trend Magazine car mm-hmm. shows and 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 it was a great thing and so I'm sitting here at my desk uh, at the car show doing my personal appearances and I'm looking down the line uh, there's four and five hour lines is what it was and I'm sitting there saying my God who would wa- I would not wait four hours in a line unless there was some beer or something there <laughs> beer and chips or good looking women or a table dance or something waiting for me at the other end right but uh so i'm looking at and i took pictures i even took, went so far as to took pictures so that i could have them blown up and analyze the situation i would ask these people you know what do you like about the show mm-hmm. what don't you like about the show how can i make the show better mm-hmm. for you and I, I got responses back from that, and I, I try to apply those responses, you know. Uh, but I'm looking over who's watching the show. First of all, about 30% of the people watching Mail Call are little shavers, little guys between the ages of six years old and 18. So, and, and what are we doing? Of course, we, we've got the, the History Channel's got the show on at 10 o'clock Sunday night, which is a doggone school night and the kids <laughs> can't stay up that late. So that was what, I, one of the main things that I found out was, Gunny, the, the biggest problem that little Jerry here has with the show is it's on a school night and he can't, we cannot let little Jerry stay up till 10 o'clock on a school mm-hmm. night to watch the show. So we have to tape the show for little Jerry and he can watch it later. So I went to the History Channel and told them, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is not right. Now, uh, 30%, and it was a good solid 30% of our viewers were, were little Joeys, little mm-hmm. guys, you know. And I love that aspect of it simply because I do consider myself a role model. And I do consider my uh, – I, I do like the fact that uh, what I what I do and the way I conduct myself does influence the youth mm-hmm. of America. And uh, I try to breed patriotism and, and love of country and things that are honorable and, and raise the children the way they should be raised. And I've had so many emails that say, Gunny, you and me are raising Bobby, you know, <laughs> and that's a good thing. And I love that. It it's, makes me feel so good. But also on the same dang token, I'm looking down down the line and about 20 percent of the people watching this show are women. I, but, uh, after, uh, the first year, in the first year of mail call, we've gone three years now. Mm-hmm. In the first year of mail call, I received 26 email proposals for marriage. <laughs> and my wife won't let me, of course, <laughs> being, you know, she's not a good sport about it at all. Uh, kind of old fashioned in that sense. When, so. On the other hand, you know, I, I could you imagine what those old hammers look like? <laughs> hairy legged, hairy legged Russian women, probably, you know? Big, <laughs> serious-looking ladies. Probably no, no. I think not. I'll stick with the one I've got. She's pretty good. She's a, uh, she's a, uh, she supports me. She's been with me for thirty years. She's the only one I've ever had, and I love her. And and uh, she's she's gonna she wins that in that area. After this short break, Arlie Ermy reveals the simple mail call question he got that left him stumped. 
Now back to my 2005 interview with R. Lee Ermey. Well, you've got uh, the, the questions that you get from people on a daily basis. They really cover everything. People are just curious about the weaponry, the food, you know, the training, the the just the the, the airplanes, the boats, everything. Just nothing is out of bounds. Or you just answer all kinds of questions. Yeah. What is the challenge going all about? What does simplify mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Come on. I mean, the the here's the here's the way this works. Now, everybody seems to think that the old Ghani reads all these emails and decides what to put on the show. Please, folks, let's be realistic about it. We get about, we get well over a 1,000 a week. And here's the deal now. The History Channel, they go right straight to the History Channel's website. Those emails are looked at. They're pulled out, and, and they're categorized. So the the uh, stack that gets the highest first is the one that gets massaged. Okay, so if if we get fifty letters that want from people that want to know what, about a one five five howitzer, and we get twenty five letters from people who want to know about the M one Abrams tank, or uh, twenty letters about the eighty uh, one millimeter mortar or whatever, well, hey, we're going to have to do the one five five howitzer, right? <laughs> and so that's the way the, these questions are selected, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course. Uh, if I want to do something personally, uh, you know, a lot of times I do the personal appearances. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I have young uh, people come up to me and they have great ideas and great questions. And they, they pose that question mm-hmm. to me personally, in person, right there. And, and, and it hits me like, hey, I never thought of that. What a fantastic question. We're going to just do that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I call the boss. Uh, Rob Lahani down at uh, Digital Ranch, who is the production company that does mail call with me. If I call Rob and say, look, Rob, I, uh, uh, well, let's do this. And I give him mm-hmm. the scenario and the question and uh, he's with me a hundred percent. Uh, so, you know, I have some influence over what the questions are, but then on the other hand, the history channel goes through their little, their little, mm-hmm. uh, uh, counter their weights and balances system and, and figures out which ones uh, mm-hmm. questions are asked the most. And that's the way we, way we decide what we're going to put on the show. So what I like about the book and the show is that you not only, it's not only the U.S. military now in modern times, but you got the samurai sword in here. You got ancient weapons, nasty stuff in here. Emails are in there too. The emails, absolutely. The yeah. questions, you know, <laughs> from right. Bobby Johnson and in low life Kentucky or something, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you read the book. If you send a question in, you might just even mm-hmm. have, see your name in print and, and, and your letter <laughs> that you've sent to me, uh, uh, used on, in the book. You ever stumped with a question? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure, I've not gone there. There, <laughs> there actually have been a few questions that have, uh, several possibilities as far as answers goes, like the bazooka. Where did the bazooka get its name? Mm. Some young, young hard charger from Delaware or someplace, uh, sent me an email. He wanted to know something about, about the bazooka. And of course, first thing I wanted to do, uh, was figure out how it got its name. Well, back in that era, there was a bubble gum called bazooka bubble gum and bazooka <laughs> Joe. He was some kind of a, Kind of, mm-hmm. Some kind of a superhero or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a toss up whether Bazooka Joe was the name, uh, came from Bazooka's Joe or another Bazooka, which I'm not going to tell you about because it's in the book <laughs> and you're going to have to buy the book and read the book and you'll find out all about the Bazooka. <laughs> That's right. Well, a lot of stuff gets, gets wrapped up in myth 
and legend and kind of misinformation over the years. And I guess you probably got to do a lot of detective work and figure out what, what the real story is. I thought I was a smart guy. I thought I, I was an old grunt in the Marine Corps, and I thought I knew quite a lot about the military until I started doing the show. And I suddenly realized that, hey, wait a minute, there was an air wing, there's artillery, there's track vehicles, wait a minute, there's uh, O-1s or, or, or office pogues, there's this and that, there's recruiting. There, is there so many different uh, avenues that uh, I knew how to be a grunt. There was no question about that. <laughs> well, that entailed the M1 rifle, the air-cooled mm-hmm. thirty caliber machine gun, and uh, grenades and, and, and a few other things. Uh, but, man, I tell you, when you start branching out, you find out real quick that you really are not as knowledgeable as you think you are. Well, Here's the deal. I tried on the book. We our main One of our main objectives on Mail Call was the reason I – okay, I wanted women to watch the show. I wanted young people to watch the show. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I wanted everybody to watch the show. But I want to leave anybody out, right? So in order to watch the, have the women watch the show, I knew in my mind that women really could care less about a 155 howitzer or 81 millimeter mortar or something, but they all have a good sense of humor and they do enjoy a good laugh. So I keep it humorous. <laughs> now, and, and it's my nature to keep things. I'm, I'm just, uh, naturally, I, I just enjoy being funny. So. Now, how do you manage to keep it PG rated? Uh, we don't swear. Uh, we, uh, we keep it, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I don't swear and I haven't sworn since you've met me. Yet. No, no. And that's what I mean. Uh, I mean, how do you manage to do that? Yeah. I, I don't swear as a rule. I, <laughs> I don't drink. I don't swear. Mm. And, uh, so it's not, it's not hard for me to keep it clean. Uh, I use words like numb nuts. I mean, what is your major malfunction, numb nuts? Come on, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, grab ass, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things of that nature. But uh, that's not really swearing. No, is it? no, no, that's no, no. creative uh, dialogue or some descriptive dialogue. That, that that is that is that is language used every day by the people who are too young to stay up to watch your show. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. And but the deal is now uh, when I when I sat down and, and decided okay this we put pen to pen to paper and and we're going to write this we're going to make this happen. Uh, my objective was to keep the book funny, right, Gunny. And so what you see on mail call, I think, is even even uh, exemplified in the book, even that much more exemplified, you know, so because you can sit down and, and enjoy writing and, and erase when you, <laughs> when you think of something better. Right. <laughs> That's true. So the book, uh, if you can read the first five pages of this book without laughing out loud, well, you have no then sense I, of humor. I, I'll be feel like a failure, you know. <laughs> R. Lee Ermey died in 2018. He was 74. And you can find easy Amazon links to R. Lee Ermey's books and the series Mail Call at our website, heardeverything.com. Oh, and while you're there, listen to my interview with General Chuck Yeager. How does it feel to fly faster than sound? I, I coined a stock answer in 1954. So it never replaced sex. And, it, it, you know, it, it, that's the end of the question. <laughs> and to my conversation with Admiral Elmo Zumwalt. The decision... Uh, on the use of Agent Orange is not unlike most decisions in war, which are the least worst alternatives. Uh, So it was with Agent Orange. We saved thousands, even though we are, in the long run, probably going to lose hundreds of those thousands. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. 
And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a genuine Hollywood legend. And I know that word gets tossed around a lot, but this lady is a legend, a cultural icon. My 1991 interview with actress, dancer, Ginger Rogers. Shoes to dance in to match the dress. And they'd always bring me my shoes from the dyers, and they'd still be wet. And I'd have to dance in shoes that were not dried. And they, you know how a shoe does, it begins to, to shrink up. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.